your father leaves and you end up raised by the three women in your life, your mother, your aunt, and your grandmother. That lack of a father figure in your life drives you to embrace the realm of faith and leadership. And you go on to be featured in Forbes magazine. In today's show, we chat with Cody Dakota Wooten about leadership failure and its importance for youth. Welcome. Welcome to Off My Duff, the entrepreneur podcast. Off My Duff is all about getting off your backside and finally, making your impact by living your truth. If you are an entrepreneur with a heart to help others, you're in the right place. We chat with guests from seven figures to just starting out because that's how we roll. Off My Duff is the nudge you need to expand your business and slay resistance. So without further ado, I invite you to get off your duff and let's get started. Now, here's your host, Duff Gardner. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to Off My Duff, the entrepreneur podcast. Uh, The podcast where we answer that age old question, how do I get off my backside and get started making the impact that I want in the world? So I welcome to our show today. Um, I'm thrilled to have uh, a good friend of mine who I've met up with at a couple of different events in the last year and a half or so. Uh, Somebody who is uh, making a dent early in their life, which I think is pretty cool. And so I'm thrilled today to have Cody Dakota Wooten on the show. Welcome, Cody. Hey, Duff. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm, you are an amazing person, and I'm truly honored to be here with you today. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad to have you on the show. You know, we were talking um, a little while ago in sort of, sort of pre-podcast. Uh, uh, we had a little bit of a conversation, and um, I think I told you my kids right now are 25 and 23. Yeah. And you're kind of in your late 20s. Yeah. And so, you know, like I think I have this personal opinion that when you're in your 20s, it's the perfect time to take risks, put yourself out there, to really take a stand about what's important to you. And yeah, so I really commend you on doing that. Like, how did, how did that come about? What, what drives you to do that at such a young, early age? That's a great question. Uh, I would say what's really driven me to pursue all I can pursue would really start off with the three women who raised me. It was my mother, my grandmother, and my aunt who raised me. And the reason I was raised by them is because my mother discovered pretty early on that my father was married to another woman at the same time as her. And uh, at that point, um, she, she got custody of me. He was allowed to be a part of my life, and he chose not to be a part of my life. And within that, my mother helped, uh, got help for me to be raised with my grandmother and my aunt. Mm-hmm. And each of them brought to me just completely different but amazing perspectives that helped shape me into who I am today. That's an amazing story. I didn't know that part of you. We didn't get into that before. Um, so yeah, those women are incredible. They obviously did a wonderful job raising you. And so you're in Austin, Texas. Is that yeah. correct? Right now? Austin, Texas, currently. Born and raised in Colorado, but living in Austin. 
Yeah, I love Austin. Um, haven't been there a ton, but it's it's a wonderful place. So um, tell me about the, the experience of being raised by these women. Like, what was that for you? And what was the biggest sort of takeaway for you uh, from that? So there's there's a bunch of different things, but one of them, I didn't have a huge father figure in my life. Uh, up until I was maybe 16, my mom got remarried uh, to another guy. So about 16 years, I didn't have that that um, strong father figure who was there to teach me. Sure. And so there was that leadership failure in my life, but where that leadership failure was, there were three amazing perspectives that shaped me. My mother, she's this the type of person that is hard driving. We're going to figure out how to get this done. We may sure. not see the path right now, but we're going to figure out how to do it. Mm-hmm. She's always driving. They, um, other parts of our family would call her the sergeant because okay. she had this ability to get people in line when they needed to be in line. My grandmother, on the other hand, is probably the, the, the best listener that I've ever known. Anytime someone has a problem, they would go to her because right. she, she had this absolutely amazing ability to just sit and listen and understand, to, to empathize with people. It's a quality that's missing in a lot of the world today, mm-hmm. but she's just so innately a part of her and she's able to guide people through some of the toughest challenges. Sure. And then the third perspective was my aunt. My aunt, she's a bit of a maverick and she was, I don't follow the rules. I'm going to go live life and it may not work perfectly and it may look like a mess, but I'm going to have fun anyways. And right. so that, that, perspective of yeah there's there's stuff that has to be get done but we can still have fun while we're going along the path that perspective was was huge for me as well um and and the mixture of those three role models just just completely shaped me um whenever something was wrong i knew that i drive towards a solution i could sit and listen to figure out what needs to get done and we could still have fun no matter how challenging it seems. It feels like there's a book in there somewhere, you know? <clears throat> right? uh, one day I'd love to. It's, it's not quite yet. I'm, I'm doing a little bit smaller pieces of writing. I'm actually, uh, I've had two articles released for Forbes uh, not too long ago, which was an absolute honor to, right. to be part of that uh, publication. But yeah, That's maybe awesome. one day. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, now, you said a, a thing, which I don't know if you've ever expressed before, but you said that that leadership failure in the context of your own personal journey and your story, and that's an interesting word. Is that is that a term that we've just coined here on the show, or is that something that you speak about in your teaching? That's definitely something that I teach about in, in everything that I work on. And it's because when, and this is really what led me into the work that I'm doing today, when I looked at the landscape of the world, I saw leadership failures all around me. I was growing up within this world where leadership failures were not just pointed out, but were spotlighted all the time. And it didn't matter what area you were talking about. I mean, I personally experienced it at home, but then you looked at politics. I mean, do I need to say any more about that? You know what I mean? Sure. In the past, you know, decade and a half, there's all sorts of uh, 
voracious and variety of opposing things that are going on where everyone's attacking each other this side's failing and that side's failing and I like it doesn't matter which side you're looking at there's failure ships and all of it you look at the church um, I'm I'm Christian by faith and yet there are so many incidents where there have been failures in the church and it it's led to so many troubling and painful things happening to people that sh should never have happened. And then we look at businesses, businesses. I look at Enron. That was a classic example of leadership failure, right? Everywhere I was looking, I was seeing leadership disappointments, leadership failures. And I, my mind was just like, what is going on in the world? Why do I see all these failures? Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm looking at behind you there and you've got the 17 principles of success, Napoleon Hill. Yeah. You know, and um, so I'm really impressed as a, as a younger person, how you've kind of grounded yourself in um, some big ideas. And I know from talking to you earlier, one of your earlier iterations of doing this was in becoming certified through the John Maxwell team. Do you yeah. want to tell us a little bit about how you stepped into that? Where did that come about? Cause that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. So, so for me, basically what led and really the John Maxwell team is what fully got me into leadership, the quote unquote term leadership. Right. And what led there was I had graduated college. Um, I, I went into the corporate world and I was doing accounting work. Um, I did great during accounting classes and I said, Hey, if I'm doing well at this in school, I should be able to do well in this as a career. And I was doing well in it as a career. The only problem was that I was completely unsatisfied with everything I was doing. I had, you know, I had a great boss. I had a great team that I worked with. Like the people were not the problem, mm -hmm. which is what you usually hear about in a business. It's just that the work wasn't right for me. Sure. And so I had this question of where do I go with this? Because I'd shaped my college career around this idea of going into accounting I came out and found that that's not working at all. I had a huge amount of student debt because I didn't get, you know, no one paid for my education. I paid for my education. And so I, it wasn't really a, a, an, another investment I wanted to make to pursue maybe another career through college. And I was, I didn't know what I was going to do. And it was during this time where I was introduced to personal development. And before this, the whole idea of personal development in my mind was sure. this area where if you felt like you didn't have a future or you felt like you didn't have hope, that's when you dove into personal development. And, and my whole idea was like, that's not me. I'm not that guy. And I was so wrong. Like I was such an idiot for, for not seeing how valuable personal development was. And so I started to dive into personal development, just left, right, all over the place as much as I could. Sure. And um, somebody recommended me this book right here, 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth by John C. Maxwell. And I read this book, and this was one of the most powerful books I read. I loved the writing style. I loved the information that John Maxwell was talking about. I became obsessed with this guy. I just wanted to know more about him and his works and everything. And he's written over a hundred books. So he's he, like, you, you were talking about like 
one day maybe a book for me. Well, he's done a hundred of them. He's off the chains how much he's put out into the world. Um, And it was through learning about leadership through his work that I, I was finally able to put a name to all these challenges I saw okay. in the world. All those things I talked about earlier got defined into leadership challenges for me because of his work. And that's when I really started to say, how can I impact this? What can I do within this field? And that's when I learned that there is such a thing as the John Maxwell team, sure. where that is what it's designed to do. It's designed to help people take a role and change leadership in the world. Right. And when I found out about that, I, fi- I said, I need to figure out how to make this happen. That's what I went on to do. Hmm. That, that's really cool. I, I'm listening to you and <clears throat> just sort of processing it. And I, I think that interesting thing that faces us in society right now, and, and a lot of it is, is, is um, the catalyst a little bit is the digital realm we live in. Uh, yeah. That's this divide between the millennial generation and people my age, because I'm 54, right? And you're mm-hmm. about half my age. And so, um, you know, leadership is a super important topic in terms of the relationship between those two generations, because I guess I'm generation X, so I'm not a boomer, but, you know, basically the boomers to the millennials, that kind of, um, it's almost like a digital divide among other things. What, how do we fix, how do we solve that? How do we sort that out? So yeah, tell me about, is that something you think about? Oh, it's definitely something I think about because this is the thing, the, the, the boomers and generation Xers. And you know, this is, this isn't just generational. I want to put that out there first. This isn't a generational problem. This is a a passing on knowledge problem Mm -hmm. more than anything. Because yes, we're defining it within the baby boomers and the generation X and the millennials and the generation Z, which is coming into the workforce now. So it's, I mean, there, there's been talks for a really long time that the millennials are coming into the workforce, be prepared. We're already here. Like all of us are in the workforce or should be if we're not. Right. It's the next generation is already coming in. And even from the millennials to the generation Z, there's, there's already communication gaps. It's because that's how quickly information is processing. It is unprecedented how quickly information changes, how fast technology is changing. And the problem I'm seeing isn't that one generation doesn't want to lead and that the previous generation doesn't want to give over the reins it's that the information to get the next generation ready isn't there and that sounds crazy because we're in a world where you can get just about any answer like this thanks google right thanks siri and yet it's still so hard to get the right information as much good information as is out there there's just as much, if not more, bad information out there. And it becomes this huge problem just passing on the right information at the right time. So it sounds, like what you're talking, it sounds like what you're talking about is sort of some curation of the right information at the right time for the right challenge. But how, so tell me how you, how you approach that with your client work. Like obviously you're, you've got probably a diverse client base 
Um, this is definitely one of the challenges I'm sure they're expressing to you because they can clearly, you know, see that you're sort of part of this. So tell me about how you approach clients with this kind of a challenge. Absolutely. So, so within this kind of a challenge, the biggest thing I see, and I'm sure this is something you've recognized too, typically takes a, a couple of different forms. One, the person in the position of leadership can often feel like they need to have all the answers. And it's not true. That's not what leadership's all about. It's not about having all the right answers. Mm -hmm. It's about uniting the team towards the same goal. Sure. It's about enlisting the help of your team to get there. It's about getting people in the right positions to set everybody up for success. That's, right. that's one part of it. Two, okay. it's about actually knowing your team. Because so many people say they know their team, but do they really know their team? Right. Do they really know the people that make up their team or the people they want to make up their team? That's another challenge that I see happen too. They say, oh, I want this, but is that really what they need right then? And you, you have to actually understand the roles that the people are playing in. Are those people in the right roles? Because so, and I saw this happen in the corporate, when I was in the corporate workspace, I sure. saw this happen. And so I got, even before I started working as a leadership coach, speaker, teacher, I was seeing this play out where there were people who were on teams who were failing on those teams, not because they weren't good employees, but just because they were in the wrong position. They got switched to another team, did a different task that was more suited to what they were strong at. And all of a sudden they were ace players. Yeah. And it, those transitions can happen like that. It can happen so quickly, but you have to actually know who it is you're working with. You have to understand what are their strengths? What is it they hate doing? Are they really being set up for success? Are you setting them up for success? Because sometimes we feel like we set them up for success, but we haven't actually given them the right tools to succeed. And they're afraid to tell us that. Sure. And we, if we haven't opened up that communication, it gets lost. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite books on this topic is the five dysfunctions of a team, right? Like one yeah. of them is like, the I've got it right of, here. Yeah. The absence, right here. Yep. Absence of fear being one of them. Um, so you're really onto something. So how do you approach it when you go into client work? Like what is, what, what is the first step with you? Do you do some kind of an audit? Like how do you get yourself sorted out to be positioned to help them with this? Well, just as the leader has to understand their team, I have to understand my client. Mm -hmm. If I don't understand my client, I can't get where they currently are. If, if it, it would be the blind leading the blind if I didn't do that. Sure. And so I have to understand what are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? Where are they currently on their own path? If I don't get that, I can't show them how to lead their team or get them to see how to lead their team to a, the next level. But once I understand them, how they function, how they think, that's where you can start to see the different challenges come up. You can start to see the gaps that you're able to fill Sure. That is the magic point. It's getting to know people. 
for sure. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I love it that you're focused on this area with your generation. I think it's really important. So I applaud you for doing that. And um, one other thing that you're really uh, involved in, which I think is brilliant and really important, is um, you're 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 already cause based. You you already have a cause that you stand for. And uh, we were talking offline about teen suicide and how this is a really important topic to you. Why don't you tell us yeah. a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, for me, and, and there's so many places I could start with this, but one of the best places I think to start is just what is the state of it right now? Mm -hmm. Because right now in the United States alone, not the rest of the world, just the United States, there are 3,000 teens attempting suicide per day, not per week, not per month, per day. That's nearly a million teens attempting suicide per year. And the question is, how are we ep so epically failing this generation? Right. Because that's what's happening right now. Those generations are raised by us. And there is something we're doing wrong that is leading to this. And so the question is, how do we change this? And part of the reason it's so close to my heart is because I was almost a part of this statistic. There was a point in my life where daily I was contemplating suicide. I went through a really tough relationship. And during that relationship, the, I was engaged to be married and the person left me for my best friend. Also my roommate who was still living with me. Mm -hmm. So it, created a ton of tension and I didn't see this coming. And I remember every day I would be looking out the window. We lived on the third floor and I could see down below us, there's concrete. And I know that if I just got just a little bit of a running start, head first out the window, it would all be over. Just like that, it would be done. And I remember so often thinking that would be so easy to do. And I didn't do it. And I, I know if I would have done it, there's so much that I am capable of doing that would never have gotten done because of that moment. And I, I shiver and think about how many kids do that. They don't just think about it, they do it. And it is over for them. And all that potential they had is gone. All the things they could have done will never happen. And it's tragic in my mind that that happens. And I was honored, I, completely honored to be asked to be a co-author for this book. It's called Make It a Great Day, The Choice is Yours. And it's, it's a combination of authors who have written this book. And it's our stories about facing this, about overcoming this. What, what does this look like? Because one of the things we've recognized is that part of the challenge is that there's a huge stigma around suicide. We don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. And we shame people who are thinking about it. And in that shame, people don't want to talk they close themselves off. And when you close yourself off, you make it worse. And so we want to start the conversation because there are so many people who are going through this. 
I was one of those people, but I know I'm not the only one. There were people around me throughout my youth who uh, attempted suicide, who talked about it, who threatened to do it. I wasn't the only one. And if, if we would have stopped and actually talked about it and said, it's okay to have these thoughts, we're going to get through this together. So many more lives could be saved. Yeah. In Canada, we have a day here, which we talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, let's, let's talk uh, day. So you're right. Like being able to open up the dialogue, getting rid of the stigma, um, making it comfortable and okay for people to talk about these things. So, you know, like I, I think that the insight in what you're talking about is actually quite important for people who are, um, you know, have been in, in the game of business for quite some time. And just I applaud you for, you know, figuring out what, what in your story moves you and what kind of impact you want to make above and beyond, you know, the the work that you do within companies. And you're making a stand for uh, for people based on your own experience. I think that's, that's a wonderful testament to you, Cody. So congratulations on doing that at uh, such you. a young age. You're showing a lot of uh, intelligence doing that. I'm, I just think it's fantastic. So congratulations. So what's, Thank you. Yeah, so I usually like to ask people, like, what was the biggest, in, what's your biggest insight that you have in business that you can share with others as you've gone forward in your career? I would say that the biggest insight I have uh, within life, not just business, but within life, is that at the end of the day, it's about love. It's about caring. You have to actually care about people. One of the things that, um, that I see a lot of, especially here in the United States, is this, what I call the myth of independence. Mm -hmm. We think that independence is the best thing that you have to be independent from the system, you have to be independent from your parents. Um, and it, it stems from um, during, you know, during the, um, the, the separation from Great Britain where the United States formed their own government, independent from a tyrannical government. And that is part of the key that we miss in that story, is it, it wasn't independence for independence sake, it was independence from a tyrannical government. And what they created right after that was an interdependent system with parts and pieces that work together. And that's how every system needs to be. It's different pieces that work hand in hand to create something larger, to create something more than any one individual could. And the base of that is love. If you don't have that love, if you don't have the connections with people, you're never going to be able to do anything huge and amazing. You're not going to be able to build your business to higher levels. You're not going to be able to create the family you want. You're not going to be able to uh, change a political system. You're not going to be able to change a religious institution unless it starts with love. Unless you truly have love at the heart of what you do, truly care about the individuals who are a part of this not just your side you have you have to care and love about them at every side and there's going to be arguments there's going to be misconceptions along the way that's a part of it you, you have to come through it to get to the other side that's brilliant <clears throat> yeah thanks for that cody that's that's great we're we're completely aligned on that 100 start with love 
Um, we've come to the end of our show today, Cody, and it went really fast. Jeez, I should almost have you on for a second time. But I wanted to say thank you so much for for uh, being on the show, being on Off My Up, the Entrepreneur Podcast. I've really enjoyed talking to you. You're a cool guy. And uh, really appreciate that. I, I want to make sure, too, to point to your um, to your website for people to get more information. If you want to learn more about Cody and what he's up to, you want to go to theleadership.guide. Okay, so that is theleadership.guide. And you can pick up more information on what Cody's up to, learn about some of the initiatives that you heard about today. And uh, yeah, I recommend you do so. Yeah, so Cody, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. Nice to well, chat with you. Thank you. I, again, the pleasure is all mine. You are a spectacular individual changing people's lives through all the work you're doing. So thank you for, for allowing me the honor to be here. All right, Cody. Thanks so much. And to all my listeners, thanks so much for coming to Off My Duff, the Entrepreneur Podcast. It's been fabulous having you with me today with my guest, Cody Dakota Wooten. And remember, as you go forth into the world and make the impact that you want to teach what you love, and to live from your truth. I'm Duff Gardner. See you next time. Hey, everyone. I'm Duff Gardner, and you've been listening to my show, Off My Duff, the Entrepreneur Podcast, where we're all about getting off your backside and making your impact by living your truth. If you're like me and you're an entrepreneur with a heart to help others, you need an offer that sells. An offer that sells helps you get traction with your business, more sales, more clients, more gigs, more fans, and more deals, period. And here's what I believe. Your offer is the purest expression of your truth. So that's why I've created a free ebook, Offers That Sell, the eight-step revenue breakthrough system. Simply go to offersthatsell.com forward slash book to grab your free copy, and you can even follow it up with a chat with me, should you wish. It's been wonderful to have you here with us today. And as you get off your backside to make your impact on the world, Remember one thing, teach what you love, live from your truth. I'm Duff Gardner. See you next time. Bye now.